You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. On a bright and sunny day, the Aggies and the Tigers play to see which one would be holding the reins. We started out great, but had some trouble with some gates. And things got mighty tied up on the plains. But at the end of the day, Miss Granger don't play. She laid down a ride that delivered the day. And sad Aggie fans headed back to their cars. They got close, but no cigar. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only equestrian podcast with a parody intro of Toby Keith's Close But No Guitar. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about Auburn Equestrian. So, Texas A&M, they are like that pretty girl in those 80s thriller movies that seems really stable in the first act, but by the time, uh, you know, you get to the end of the movie, she is straight up trying to kill you. You cannot predict someone like that. You just have to endure the crazy long enough and hope you get out of there with your life. I don't know what it is, but these Aggies sure do ride well against Auburn. They'll lose to everybody else six or eight points, but up against Auburn, they act like they are Elizabeth Taylor in National Velvet. But let's back up a little bit. Uh, The day started off. It was sunny, but chilly up in Auburn. It was senior day, the last home meet for seven seniors on the team. Uh, Most of them ended up riding either in events or in exhibitions and demonstrations before the events. It was a really nice occasion, and they all had some family members that were there supporting them, cheering them on. That was really nice. Texas A&M actually brought some fans, uh, the usual band of traveling family members that you'll see at these meets. I do want to give a shout out to that one girl who bravely wore that pair of overalls with Texas A&M Aggies painted down the front of it. I know from experience what it takes to go out in clothes like that, so I salute you, madam. Uh, Also, I want to mention I saw several Aggies wearing Alabama gear, which, uh, yeah, we noticed that, but what does that, like, really say about you that your own apparel ain't enough to get a rise out of us that you gotta wear some other team stuff to a meet? Okay, Bammer. Uh, but back to the meet. Uh, the first event of the day was Equitation on the Flat. Auburn rode really well over here. Taylor St. Jock turned in the MOP ride, and Michaela Langmire, Emma Kurtz, and Ava Stearns also won their points. Over in horsemanship, the Aggies did just enough to keep us from taking the event overall. Auburn split the points here uh, with Maddie Spack getting a tie, and then Taylor Searles and Olivia Jazzhands, Tardoff, getting a pair of points for Auburn. So at the half, Auburn was up 6-3, to three, uh, meaning that the first team to reach 10 points would win, uh, barring any more ties. So heading over in defenses, things looked really good for Auburn. Well, it was not our day over in fences. Uh, Emma Kurtz and Michaela Langmire each got a point, but our other three riders each got beat, and that really left the door open for Texas A&M to come back on us. So, heading into the final round of reigning, we knew we just had to get two more points to win the day. Now, we had one ride up on the board that looked like we were going to win that point. Uh, Then we had some scores from two others that looked like it was going to be a toss-up. Uh, one was a low Auburn score, um, in addition to those that we were kind of hoping, well, maybe that's just a bad horse or something, and the other girl would ride really bad on it as well. 
And then we had the final score, which was a pretty decent one from the last Texas A&M rider. Um, but we figured we could probably beat that one. So we took that first point. Uh, Michaela, or Kayla Shellnut won big on that ride. She started off the event right. Uh, then we barely missed up on those uh, two toss-up points, I was saying. So we didn't get those. Uh, also, that bad horse one, we didn't get that point either. So by this point, Texas A&M had now caught up with us. We were tied 9-9. Nine to nine. There was one ride remaining, Terry June Granger. Uh, so she had to go up against a decent score, but it was beatable. Um, well, she went out and delivered. She turned in a ride. It did barely beat her opponent, but it was enough to take that point and win the day. So boom, War Eagle, we got it done. Uh, this was a much closer win than most people expected. Overall, Auburn only won one single event on the whole day, equitation on the flat. Texas A&M actually won two events, and so, you know, I really kind of thought we were going to beat them probably in every event, so a bit of an upset there just to have them, um, you know, take a couple of, of events from us overall. But we had a lot of little mistakes here and there on these various rides, and they just came back and bit us just enough to keep us from pulling away like we would normally do in a meet like this, um, so it kept it close all day, which is not what we wanted. Uh, I talked a, a lot to a lot of folks, uh, particularly after the meet, and there was a huge difference in how certain people reacted to the final score. One person I spoke to uh, said, I actually went up to them, I said, man, that was your exciting, and he responded, yeah, that's a word for it. <laughs> so that gives you a general sense of basically if you were a novice like me, you're just excited for the win. Um, but a lot of the other folks who can actually look at a ride and kind of pick out what's good and what's bad, they were not happy with the scores that were being given out. I'll just leave that there and you can interpret that for what you want. Um, but that, you know, that's how things go sometimes. Uh, but Auburn has put together an undefeated regular season and I ain't going to complain about that. Uh, there are lots of other schools out there who would love to be winning the close meets instead of losing them. So, you know, but you know what? Let's talk about those other schools because other schools were competing around the country as well. First off, South Carolina traveled up to Delaware and rode against Delaware State. The Gamecocks rebounded from last week's loss to Auburn by taking out their frustrations on the Hornets 14 to 5. USC took the early lead in this one and never looked back. Both teams have now completed their regular season, with South Carolina finishing 7-5 overall and 3-3 and in the SEC. Uh, that's good enough for second place, actually. South Carolina will play Texas A&M next in the first uh, SEC semifinal on Friday, March 27th. Uh, Delaware State finished with a 4-5 and record. They will now host the Eastern Athletic Conference Tournament on March 26th. The Hornets won't finish in the top eight spots needed to make the NCEA National Championship Tournament, but we will probably see them ride in some various individual events uh, because that tournament is expanded up to 16 teams each. Now, we had a tri-meet out in Fresno. In the first meet, it was jumping seat only. SMU rode against Lynchburg. The Mustangs won that one 6-2. In another meet, SUNY New Paltz traveled down to Virginia and rode against Sweetbriar. That one ended 5-5, five to five, with the Vixens winning the tiebreaker. Uh, Sweetbriar ends their regular season 4-6 and six overall, and SUNY New Paltz finished 1-8 overall. Uh, both teams will now focus on the upcoming Eastern College Athletic Conference Tournament. 
Uh, Sweetbriar also kind of seems to be in another conference as well. They are hosting the Old Dominion Conference Tournament on April 10th, so I'm not sure what that's all about. Maybe they're moving from one conference to another and they've still got an obligation with the other one. I don't know exactly, but it's a little weird. Uh, also on Saturday, uh, we had some more action. Lynchburg traveled over to UC Davis on Saturday morning, and uh, this was another jumping seat only meet. This meet ended with a 4-4 tie, and UC Davis won uh, the tiebreaker. Then the Hornets drove two hours back over to Fresno and lost to the Bulldogs 1-7. So yeah, Hornets, uh, y'all might need a better travel agent. <laughs> they, they rode at uh, Fresno on Friday night, and then they go over to Davis, and then in the next morning, they ride against UC Davis, and then they get back on a bus, drive back over to Fresno, and have to ride in another meet on Saturday night. Uh, that's just, that's rough, and that that's not how you do it, y'all. <laughs> that doesn't set yourself up for success. Anyway, this was a, a rough uh, ending to Lynchburg's regular season. The Hornets finished with a perfect season, but it was not the kind of perfect that you want. Uh, they will next ride in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference over at Sweetbriar on April 10th. And although they won't make the top eight for the team national championship tournament, I think we're going to see them in a couple of the uh, jump and seat uh, event tournaments out in Waco. Now, SMU finished up uh, their tri-meet in Fresno, riding against Fresno State. It was a close one, but the homestanding Bulldogs pulled out the 11-8 victory over the Mustangs. SMU finishes their season an impressive 8-4 and four and are now looking to the, um, the uh, EAC tournament up in Delaware as well. So they're in the same conference with them. Um, and then, of course, we will see the Mustangs also in, in uh, Waco in April. Oklahoma State traveled over to Baylor for a Big 12 showdown. The Cowgirls won a close one, 10-8, and they are now 9-3 overall, so they're going to stay in the number two spot in the rankings. And they lead the Big 12 with a 4-1 record. Baylor finishes their season 5-8, not too bad, and 2-4 and in the Big 12. They tied TCU for third place, but I believe they have the tiebreaker on total points between those two teams, and that is going to determine where they are seated in their Big 12 tournament on uh, March 27th, so we'll keep an eye out on that. In the final meet of the week, the Georgia Bulldogs traveled out to Big 12 bottom feeder TCU, and they lost 9-10. So even though this was a close loss on the road, this has to be embarrassing for Georgia. TCU has been riding like hot garbage lately, and in their final meet, they turned around and finished strong and upset Georgia. <laughs> TCU finishes their season 6-7 and seven now overall. They are 2-4 and four in the Big 12. Georgia finishes 6-6 six and six overall, 1-5 in the SEC. Georgia will, of course, host the SEC tournament on March uh, 27th, 28th. So a lot of close meets this weekend. That kind of adds to some of the excitement heading into the postseason with a lot of teams thinking that they might have a shot out in Waco. Now, before we sign off, I want to mention a few details from the Auburn meet. It was a really fun day. I got to meet a few more parents. I met... Lillian Wagner's parents, they came down from Massachusetts. Uh, her dad was wearing shorts, and let me tell you, it was not warm enough for shorts, but he was wearing them anyway, so props to him. Uh, I also met Kayla Shellnut's mom, or at least I met a lady who claimed to be Kayla's mom. You know, I don't really card any of these people, so you could just come up to me and tell me you're one of these riders' parents, and I wouldn't really know. 
Uh, in, unless you say that you are Terry June Granger's mom. Now her, I can tell who she is because she looks exactly like her daughter. So unless you've got some kind of Mission Impossible training, you ain't going to pass for Terry June Granger's mom. I also met our athletic director, Alan Green. His people came over. They grabbed me for a photo. It was kind of fun. He said, hi, I'm Alan Green. And I'm like, of course I know who you are. You're infamous. Uh, we didn't talk for very long, though. He had his kids with him, and I think he was trying to keep them entertained and, you know, do the dad stuff. So that was pretty cool, though. But it was a good day overall. We had a nice big crowd. Lots of folks cheered and celebrated the big win. There was a lot more picture taking at the end. Uh, a lot of that's because of senior day. Normally, you know, everything ends and the athletes will just all disappear and they go change and do whatever horse stuff happens uh, after a meet. But on this Saturday, there was a lot more hanging around and talking to people. It was really nice, so... Oh, you might have seen that video that I posted of the little girl handing out the MOP gifts. That was really cool. I had been secretly hoping that Auburn Equestrian would kind of make that part into more of a thing and that it would be a thing that I didn't have to always be around for in order for it to happen. So it was really nice to see that continue and for me to not have to be a part of it. I really enjoyed that. So I'm hoping that will just continue on. So yeah, you know, let's take a look at the final MOP stick horse totals. For the season. Now, you know, I didn't start this at the very first home meet. This began at the Ole Miss home meet. So, but ever since then, I've been giving away the MOP stick horses. Uh, and so now let's do a rundown on who has um, how many stick horses. So, with one stick horse each, we have a tie between Ellie Becker, Peyton Hall, Caroline Hudden, Lindsey Klein, Taylor Cyrils, and three girls we won't mention from South Carolina and Texas A&M. Now, with two horses, we have Michaela Langmire. Okay, she's all by herself on that tier. That's awesome. And then tied for second place with three horses each are Deanna Green and Terry June Granger and the MOP Stick Horse Champion of the 2019-2020 season is Taylor St. Jacques with four stick horses to her name. That is awesome, y'all. Uh Oh, and you know... Speaking of names, here's another tidbit for y'all. I kind of made little changes to the stick horses over the season, little improvements here and there. Well, after the Georgia meet, um, I had made a horse for my mom, and she told me she was going to name it Pearl after, of course, Bruce Pearl. So that got me thinking, hey, you know what? Naming these is a thing that these uh, ladies might want to do. So for all of the spring MOP horses that I made, I had tags printed and sewed those on, and they say, on one side, they say, made by Auburn Elvis, so that's cool, I got my name on there, and then on the other side of the tag, it says, this horse is named, and then there's a blank, so that way, you know, these ladies can name their horses, and I think that's really cool, well, I was getting my picture taken on Saturday with Terry June Granger, and she told me that she names each of her horses the same name, so that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, if it were me, I would I would name each one after the girl that I beat in order to get it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you're a, a big game hunter putting a trophy on the wall, well, that would be my trophy, you know. Uh, that might be a little too vindictive for most of y'all, so maybe y'all shouldn't do that. Uh, it might also start some awkward conversations when a recruit comes over and uh, on her official visit and asks about the horses and you have to explain how you you know, named one after Janice Smith from whatever university. So maybe don't do that, but oh well, that's what I would do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, speaking of recruiting, Auburn keeps picking up commitments for next year's signing class. So um, 
There was actually a nice lady at the meet on Saturday. Uh, she's trying to tell me about some of these girls that have signed or um, declared for Auburn. Uh, but she was talking very softly, so I couldn't quite make out what she was saying. Uh, but she seemed really confident about the future of the girls that we were getting for the program. So that was really nice to hear, or almost hear. She, she spoke kind of softly, and it was windy, so that's okay. Uh, so that's our show for this week. Auburn finishes the regular season undefeated, and we will now prepare to go defend our SEC championship in Bishop, Georgia on March 27th and 28th in a few weeks. Um, I'll get back together with y'all in another podcast before then. I have a bunch of season stats that I'm still analyzing, so once I get done with those, I'll give you a rundown on what to look forward to in Bishop. I am your host, Auburn Elvis. Thank you very much for listening. War Eagle and War Horses. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?